This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Larder Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. Congratulations. You passed. The day my driver's license came in the mail, I was practically speechless. But I do remember the first thing I said. Dad, can I borrow the car? All right, boy, let's get a few things straight, huh? (laughs) Your schoolwork comes first. Now, if your grades drop off, no car, understand? Remember, insurance costs plenty. Drive carefully, obey all the traffic laws. I don't want any lawsuits, you got that? Don't be a show-off for a smart aleck by driving recklessly, or you'll be grounded, you girl stuff, see? Both hands on the wheel, both eyes on the road, is that clear? Oh, yes, and one thing more. (laughs) I expect you to chip in for gas and oil. Wow, this is it, the day I've been waiting for. My first solo drive. You know, driving the family car is okay, but always having to ask your folks for a car, it just becomes a drag after a while. I think a guy's just got to have his own set of wheels. You know, girls and uh, dates and stuff like that. So I figured it was time to buy my own car. Well, the first thing I did was to check out the bulletin boards around town to see if there were any bargains. Then next, I went through the used car classified ads in the newspapers. Well, then I decided maybe the best way to find a good used car was to just go out and look for myself. You know, follow the flags and the gimmicks and eyeball a few cars close up. Hey, buddy, over here. Hey, you, you're looking for a good deal? Well, this is it, you know. Yeah, I got, uh, I got four new retreads, uh, got a new paint job, and I've had a complete motor overhaul. <laughs> I don't listen to that oil pumper. It's got a clean engine, but a leaky rear end. Now, look, kid, you want a real cream puff right this way, huh? And don't pay any attention to the price tag. I, uh, can be had for a lot less. You dig, huh? <laughs> Well, after checking out the Detroit irons, I went over and looked at some of those little import jobs. Hey, Pilano, come here. You looking for a car? A Ferrari? A Maserati? That's me. Actong, are you just shopping or are you ready to buy? We have ways of finding out, you know. No, Sherry, don't look any further. I could give you everything you want. Ours would be a beautiful love affair, mon petit. Well, uh, well, uh, finally, I decided to watch the used car commercials on the two. Hi, folks. Speed Fallon here from Mighty Mississippi Motors, blowing my own heart for these wonderful car values for you, the car buying public, right here with Curtis Salesman, the home of volume dealing. Don't forget, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we're right here with these wonderful TV specials for you, the car buying public. Now, stop right into these and many other wonderful cars right here at Mighty Mississippi Motors. Here's a very wonderful number of four-door sedan in that ever-popular sandstorm beige. Don't forget, folks, this original factory air in the tire. This wonderful car can be used for $99 now, $99 per month, 99 months. Folks, it's right there, saving pass on you, the car buying public. Come in the shop and save at Mighty Mississippi Motors. Now, don't forget, call 
Call me. Pete Fallon right here at KL on your dial. That's clunker. One, one, three, one, three. If I'm not at that number, you'll get me right here at SY4, Sylvia, 38, 24, 36. Now, don't forget our wonderful gold warranty on each and every car sold by Money Mystery Motors. If anything goes wrong in the first five miles or two minutes, whatever comes first, bring it right back, folks, and we'll fix it free of charge to you. The car buying play absolutely no charge whatsoever except for parts, labor, and towing. Would you believe? I finally decided to buy Uncle Harry's old convertible for $35. It wasn't exactly what I had in mind, but my friends seemed to dig it. And besides, it looked a lot better once I had it washed. The film you have just seen is imaginary. Only the traffic is real. Hi, this is Jay Leno, and you're listening to my favorite, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, Cedric, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Can't complain. My earbuffs sound like they're not working right. Can you uh-uh. give me a, a little shrill? Make sure my, do I sound okay? Shrill. shrill. No, 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 don't do that. Don't blow my eardrums right. <laughs> Anyway, hey, run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com. And check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. As well, be sure to check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Like us on Facebook. And uh, let's see. Hey, we got a pretty good show for you today. We're not going to have a guest today. You know why? Because today I decided to do a tribute show to Ray Manzarek. We're big Doors fans here. And, of course, our uh, our entry song is uh, Inigata DeVito by Iron Butterfly. And our closing song is Break On Through to the Other Side. Well, now uh, Mr. Manzarek has uh, broke on through to the other side. And he's probably hanging out up there in the big uh, band up in the sky there with uh, Jim Morrison. Or, for all we know, of course, in Jim Morrison's case, we really don't know whether he's Alive or gone, do it. That's right. There was, there was a rumor that he was that he's still alive, living in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, I believe that's that's where. Yeah, they say they say there's a there's a guy named Jim Morrison who looks a lot like Jim Morrison who lives in uh, I want to say it's Watertown, Wisconsin. I'll, I'll try to look it up, but they say that he looks just like like a seventy year old Jim Morrison, and his name is Jim Morrison. No kidding. So I don't know. You would think that he would probably change his name though. Yeah, you'd think. His identity, but nobody would expect to find Jim Morrison in Wisconsin. Well, that's true too, because that's kind of a common name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So. Anyway, so we're going to be playing some Doors songs here throughout the show, and today I'm just going to kind of ramble on. I got wrote a couple of notes down, some That's stuff. That's Led Zeppelin. What? No, never mind. No. <laughs> Led who? <laughs> yeah. Huh? Led who? Anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, if you caught the beginning of the show, I played this little clip about um, kid getting his driver's license. Well, it just so happens my son has just reached that ripe age of 16. And he already has his learner's permit. He's been actually been driving, uh, we'll just say unofficially since he's 12, because, you know, that's, <laughs> I had to make sure he learned how to drive the mighty trucks, the mighty Ford fleet that we have in our possession. And uh, so now he's uh, ready to go. And we're going to be building his uh, first project over the summer. And since we're big Doors fans, you know, Jim Morrison actually owned a 67 Shelby at one point yeah. in time. And it was given to him by, I think, Capitol Records or Electro Records or whoever it was. But the name of the car was Blue Lady. And it was a uh, Night Miss Blue 67 Shelby GT500 Fastback factory four-speed car. Um, there's a video of it, actually, on the uh, Riders of the Storm. You can actually catch it on YouTube. It shows a 
quite a bit of footage of that particular car and Jim driving and Jim banging gears in the thing, you know, spinning around in the desert and having a good time with it. So it was Night Miss Blue with a parchment interior and the quest is on to find the Blue Lady. So since I'm a Big Doors fan and my son is a Big Doors fan, we have decided to embark on a project this summer and I have a 67 Mustang convertible and we are going to recreate a Blue Lady only it's going to be a convertible. So we're going to call it Blue Lady 2 and it will be Night Miss Blue. It just so happens this car happens to be factory Night Miss Blue. It was a factory 289 four-barrel four-speed car, California-built car. So it's a uh, our production, San Jose car. And uh, it was originally, uh, let's see, a black interior, but we're going to paint it Night Miss Blue with a parchment interior. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. We're actually kind of taking little baby steps right now to work on that car. So we will have pictures of that as we go along on our website, ongoing pictures. So if you want to check out our project that we're doing, Blue Lady 2, we will have that up on the website here probably in the next couple of weeks. The way it looks right now and the step-by-step process. Also keep in mind, I do appraisals, pre-purchase inspections. I buy and sell, trade cars, parts, stuff like that. So if you guys have any cars out there that you're interested in selling, uh, if you need some help buying some cars, if you need some consulting, if you need appraisals, if you need pre-purchase inspections, if you need diminished values, contact us through our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, and I will be more than happy to work with you and uh, help you facilitate your car hobby needs. Right, Cedric? Yes. So, having said that... And I would like to say, on the record, on since, the record. since this is sort of a lighthearted show today, just yeah. very, I would like to say that nostalgic, you can be nostalgic for something that happened recently. Absolutely. In recent memory. It doesn't have to be antique to be nostalgic. No, and that that kind of brings up the debate that we had here a while back. Yeah, but I, w- I wanted to, I wanted to you know just air that out really quick. That nostalgic uh, a a ten year old can be nostalgic for his childhood. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Right. Exactly. All yeah, because right. the, the issue came up about why do we call the show nostalgic radio and cars as opposed to classic radio and cars? Well, classic is kind of misused all the time, and yes. it's pretty well commonly it's a common word, and it's you know it's kind of used and abused as far as right. I'm concerned. Nostalgic to me is kind of a little bit more of a significant thing because yeah. nostalgic, just like you said. Anything could be nostalgic. Well, it could be something that happened a week ago. The root of the word, the nostalgia, refers to, and I'll, I'd have to look up the exact root, but it refers to having a that emotional feeling that you get when you think about something, when you think about the past. A longing for. Right. So anything mm-hmm. that happened in the past that you, like, you know, was a good time in your life or something, you long So that nostalgic radio and cars when i hear the title i think all right there's going to be music that you're going to remember it's right. going to trigger memories oh i remember that i was there at a certain place in time and where were you listening yeah. possibly on the am radio in your car mm-hmm. nostalgic radio and cars okay absolutely sorry i, did, I didn't mean to no that's okay hey is our hi-fi working we got something uh, got some black vinyl going we around circles. all right let's uh fire up our first song peace frog from the doors and i think i think this song came out what nineteen yeah, 1970. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't able to drive yet, but uh, I remember the song on the radio. Oh, yeah. It's a creepy song. Far out, man. Sadness. 
Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Meet the Pinto, just born. Pinto, the new little carefree car from Ford. Priced like a small economy import, but you'd never know to look at it. It's averaged over 25 miles per gallon in simulated city and suburban driving. But it's frisky, with a wider stance than any little import, so you won't be pushed around by the wind. With high-backed bucket seats in front and comfortable room all around. And Ditto Strong, built to run and run and run, with little servicing, little noise, little expense. Ditto, a little carefree car to put a little kick in your life. A little better idea from Ford, coming September 11th. Hi, this is Bob Varsha with Speed. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And, hey, you know what you might do today, Cedric? I think I'll just open up the phone lines. If somebody wants to call and just tell a story, we'll go ahead and let you guys do that. Give us a call here at the studio, 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. It's got to be a car-related story, and we'll probably put you on the air. Now, we don't normally open the phone lines because we're not really a uh, talk show as far as uh, people calling in, or a call-in show, rather. Although, we do occasionally have giveaways, but I don't have any giveaways at the moment. So, you guys will just have to sit down and listen. Uncle Robert tells some stories. You know, since a couple of weeks ago, we had Uncle Ted on. This is Uncle yeah. Robert now. So, And I'm going to tell some stories. As a matter of fact, Cedric, I got one for yeah. you. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Since uh, my son's going to be 16 or is 16, and now he's going to get his driver's license. You remember the first ticket you ever got? Uh, yeah, it was actually uh, about seven months ago. Eight mo- No, it was like a year ago. What? Yeah, that was the first ticket I ever got. No way. Seriously? It was a uh, Pinellas... Pinellas Park Police Department said that I was doing 75 on uh, US 19 in Pinellas Park when really I was going like 55, which is the speed limit. 
but it, whenever it happens. It did. Yeah. No that was the first ticket I've ever gotten. Were you driving the Mighty Saturn or were you driving uh, the that, that was a, Yeah, that was in the Camry. In the Camry? Yeah. The Mighty Camry R for, R for race. So you were <laughs> racing down US 19. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I thought it was stupid. There were people flying past me and he pulled up behind me. He's like, do you know you were going 75? And it's like, I, don't, I really don't think I was, but okay, whatever. I'll just. Well, you, sh- you should have said I was doing 75, but the other cars were doing 85. So, yeah, you know, well, that, I mean, and he said... I caught you though. Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's happened. Uh, I've I've gotten off with some warnings, but that happened a couple times back uh, on the Howard Franklin uh-huh. back in the day. It happens. But yeah, that's that's my first speeding ticket was about a year ago. Well, my first speeding ticket, believe it or not, was actually in 1972. I got my driver's license. No, actually, 1973. That was my ticket. First accident I ever had was December second, 1972. I brought my. My cute little Austin Healey, MK3-3000, I bought it in December 1st, 1972, had it six days, and then some little chickadee had to uh, cut me off on the road, and I wadded it up on the uh, Memorial Causeway Bridge down in Clearwater Beach. But, back to the ticket, I was driving, at that point, I had my mighty 57 Thunderbird, and uh, I was diddy-bopping down uh, Fort Harrison, right down the street here, okay, and I was heading southbound on Fort Harrison, and at that time, there was a set of railroad tracks just before we get to Bellevue Road. I think that's what it is. It turns right there by the Bel- by the Bellevue Biltmore. And I just passed uh, O'Keefe's, and I'm not sure where I was going. I think I was going over to a friend of mine's house in Largo. And uh, I think the speed limit might have been, I'm guessing, 35, 40 miles an hour, whatever it was. But whatever I was doing, I was speeding, at least according to the officer at the time on the scene. And uh, unfortunately, my car did not have a speedometer in it, so because it was old school hot rod, and it was kind of like a work in progress. And I had taken the dash apart because I was gonna, you know, put some trick gauges in it, you know, because when you're 16 years old and you get your first hot rod, you got to do something different. So you can't keep the factory stock gauges in it, even though it had a factory tack and it had a factory 140 mile an hour speedometer, which Thunderbirds had, um, and uh, as opposed to like a 56 Ford or 57 Ford would have had a. Um, 120 mile an hour speedometer. Anyway, so the cop pulls me over. I get out, and you know, I got long hair, t-shirt, shorts, flip flops. You know, I look like your classic uh, hippie listening to the Doors, probably. You know, and uh, you know how you can drive down the road and you got your radio on and your. In fact, I didn't even have a radio in the dash. What I had was is I had a uh, radio that I bought from B and B Stereo on Gulf the Bay. If anybody remembers that back in the 70s, B and B Stereo used to be out there on uh, I think just across McDonald's on. Uh, off the Bay Ridge for just past um, Keene. So it was actually wired in behind the seat, and the speakers were behind the seat. So, you know, he had to always reach behind the seat and kind of change the channel. At any rate, so he uh, gives me the ride act, tells me I was speeding, you know, and I and asked me, of course, the first question is, how fast were you going? And I couldn't answer that. I just said, well, I was kind of keeping up with the flow of traffic. Of course, at uh, 11 o'clock at night, there really wasn't a lot of r- traffic on the road. He also informed me, because at that time I was still 16, you know, we had a curfew back then. You had to be at home at 11 o'clock. Okay. And uh, so it was probably after 11, so I got nailed for being out past the curfew and speeding and improper equipment because I didn't have a speedometer. So that was my first set of tickets. I didn't get just one. I got not two. I got three tickets all at one shot. I got a trifecta the first time out of the box. So I got a big lead on everybody that night. Anyway, that's my, uh, and you know what? Back in those days, you know, if you got nailed for improper equipment was two points. Speeding, if it was under 15 miles an hour of the speed limit, was three points. Over 15 miles an hour was four points. And anything over 20 miles an hour or so was considered reckless driving. That was six points. Plus, they took your car and fined the crap out of you. 
suspended your license and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, Oh, yeah, and then they sent you to Dodo Dunst Driving School. But needless to say, back in the day, it didn't take very many tickets to rack up a lot of points to lose your license. So I think I managed to skate by for the first couple of years, and then I think in my junior year, I had enough tickets. I won a prize, a driver's license suspension. Mm. <laughs> so, and I was relegated back to my bicycle. So, and of course, back in those days, you know, we kids had, uh, we had uh, Schwinn Fastbacks or Sears Fastbacks, some 10 speeds, some coaster bikes, but mostly Husky Fastbacks or Raleigh Fastbacks or Murray Fastbacks or something, because Fastbacks were in, you know, the big short little fastback bicycle with a banana seat and stuff like that. And I'd had my uh, 1966 Schwinn Fastback with the factory five-speed shifter, which I brought from California here. I bought it brand new back in the day with the factory optional Ramhorn handlebars. It was advertised in the magazine, but you couldn't get it yet. So I had it dealer installed. And uh, But it wasn't a legitimate fastback because the fastback was a mid-year option. But I bought my bike in like October of... 66 and it wasn't until like 67 early production 67 where you could get the ramhorn handlebar and it actually said schwinn fastback i believe and you got a ramhorn handlebar so that was kind of cool but nonetheless the dealer that i bought my bike from in nevada california actually had one hanging on the wall so i bought a purple schwinn fastback ramhorn handlebars dealer installed and off i went with a very tall sissy bar that was the other thing we had to have back then see and you know what i never really understood why they called them sissy bars you know i guess because Chicks were considered sissies, and you usually had one riding on the back of your bike, and so she wouldn't fall off. You had a tall sissy bar for her to hang on. I don't know. That's just my theory, but uh, I may be wrong. Matter of fact, you know, that might be something since you're handy sitting next to a computer. You can yeah, say, look, look up sissy up. bar yeah, I'm looking on your bicycle. Up. So, But anyway, that was the story of my first ticket and my 57 <clears throat> Thunderbird, and there was plenty, plenty tickets to follow. I mean, I got all kinds of stupid tickets. In fact, I think uh, shortly thereafter, I got another ticket I was going this, down. This is from Wikipedia. It says, the sissy bar name likely derives from the term sissy, a pejorative term for a boy or man who violates or does not meet traditional male gender roles. The term probably came to use using sissy to imply lack of courage or stoicism uh, coming from having a bar to stop the rider or passenger from falling off the back of a bike. Well, I was close. Then there you go. See? <laughs> I was almost politically correct. Yes, e- even. Even. How about that? So, at any rate, uh, yeah, I was diddy bopping home after school one day. I, my mom and dad had a motel on the beach back in the 70s in Clearwater Beach, and I used to go to Clearwater High School. I was supposed to go to Central Catholic, but I didn't. Uh, they wouldn't allow my... My appearance, I wouldn't cut my hair. I still have long hair. Not real long hair, but it's still long, I guess, relative in terms. But anyway, so they, my parents uh, honored my wishes and penalized me and sent me to a public school. So nothing good, bad, or indifferent about it. But uh, back in those days, public schools weren't so bad. Today, well, I'm not so sure. But that's another subject for another radio show, right? At any rate, so here I am, diddy, diddy bopping across Clearwater Beach Causeway, and lo and behold, Johnny Law decides to tool up behind me again. And again, I was keeping up with the flow of traffic. But, you know, cops stereotype. You know, they, you say they stereotype today, they stereotype back then. So if we look like long-haired hippies and freaks, uh, we drove beat-up-looking hot rods uh, with loud exhaust, you were a target. It was open season on us, and we were fair game. Cops just chased you down. So anyway, officer friendly decides to pull me over. And he got me just past Island Estates uh, before we get to the Memorial Causeway. He walks up, pulls me over, says, you know how fast you're going? I said, honestly, I don't. 
He says, I know you don't. And uh, he says, because I see you don't have a speedometer in your car. And I said, oh, really? He says, yeah, because I was following you close enough. I could see you from the driver's. He was on my, I was in the right lane and I moved over. I was in the left. I moved over to the right. He had hit the lights in the left lane. So while he was changing lanes, he could see across my shoulder and into the inside of my car. It was convertible. And you could see there was no, no instrumentation in the car. I mean, I just had the dash pod with just holes. It was blank. So there's no gauges, no steering, no speedometer, no fuel gauge, no amp gauge, no gauges, just five holes. And uh, so again, I got a ticket for speeding and improper equipment. And he mentioned to me that I did an improper lane change because I did not indicate. I did not have my turn signals on. So, but I didn't get one. I just got a warning on that one, but I did get another one. So needless to say, I was doing pretty good when I was 16. I was racking up some tickies. Now here's what I didn't know. And I encourage everybody that's uh, listening to the show today, you can go to court and you can beg for mercy in front of the judge, even though they will stereotype you and say, well, I was your age once. That's what they always used to tell me. The judge would go, I was your age and I had a fast car and I used to do blah, 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 blah. So my guess is you're guilty. Wham, slam, thank you, ma'am, and pay the fine type deal. Oh, by the way, here's your collection of points. Now you have... 11 points within 12 months, and you're one point away from losing your license for three months. Or one month, I think is what it was. 24 points within two years was three months. 12 points within 12 months was one month. And I forget what the other one. And if you keep racking them up, you'd turn into what the eventual habitual offender. But anyway, so I had, uh, let's see, what did I have? I probably had about nine or ten points at that point in time. So I was doing pretty good. Nevertheless, I had a nice collection of yellow slips of paper, courtesy of the city of Clearwater Police Department. But that Thunderbird became infamous on Clearwater Beach, and the cops just loved it, and it was kind of noisy and loud, and, uh, you know, it just seemed like I couldn't go anywhere without somebody tailgating me. So I had to really, really cool it. And that was before the days of the Mighty Ranchero. The Ranchero is the one that really put the icing on the cake. That's the one I used to do all the street racing with. The Thunderbird wasn't fast enough. It just had a stock little 312 in it. It didn't have the three-speed overdrive in it. Somebody had converted it and put a four-speed in it, uh, which was... Fine with me because I was happy with it. But it was kind of a sparse interior. Um, kind of a cool story. We were, uh, a friend of mine and I were, it had kind of a flaky red paint on it. And uh, so we come up with this idea. We're looking at all the hot rod magazines. And my buddy goes, well, you know, you're from California. You know, you're from the hot rod capital of the world. And I said, yeah. He says, what would you do? To and I said, I don't know. I'm thinking we need to do something about painting this. But a paint job back in those days was like five, 600 bucks, which was a lot of money when you're making a dollar an hour. So we decided to go down to the beach hardware. And we uh, talked to the guy behind the counter there, Dougie, and uh, he uh, goes, well, you know what you could do? You could uh, you know, use some spray cans on it. And I said, uh, hey, yeah, I got an idea because we used to build models all the time. So a lot of the models we used to build were old school hot rod and we used to flat black them. I said, hey, the car is nothing but a life-size model. So let's just go ahead and spray paint it uh, flat black. So we bought four cans of Rust-Oleum paint. I got some sandpaper, and he says, well, you might want to use this sandpaper because this you can use, you can, you can wet sand. And I had never heard the term wet sand before. And I said, what does that mean? He says, well, basically what you do is you take water and you wet it down and then you sand over it. And what it does, basically, it reacts somehow or does something with the sandpaper and basically cuts better. So it just so happens this is uh, about this time of year when it starts to rain a lot. And uh, we got an afternoon shower. And guess what we did? We wet sanded it literally in the rain. This was on a weekend. This was on a Saturday. Okay. So here we are. We wet sanded it. And then I had to let the car sit overnight, you know, to kind of dry out real good. And then... I thought, hmm, I got, we bought four cans of Rust-Oleum paint. So I thought, well, we're going to have to do this tomorrow. So we rolled the car up underneath the motel. We masked the car off. We detailed a lot of stuff, cleaned it. While we're there, we'd have to steal wool out, and we started polishing all the chrome and stuff. 
So we're having a field day there, my buddy and I. So now it's getting late in the evening. I had other chores to do because I had to work at the motel. So it didn't, I, I couldn't get to it until later in the afternoon. And then, of course, I think we hung out at the beach like we typically did as little beach bum kids that we were. And uh, so I started painting this car like late in the evening. And I wasn't going to go to bed until I had that car done. Here it is, 1 o'clock at night. My mom comes walking out. She goes, uh, she comes driving by the motel. She goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm still painting the car. She says, you need to be in bed. you got to be at school at 6 o'clock in the morning because that's back in the old days when we had split shifts. Mm-hmm. So you had to be at school, at, I think. 6.30 or 7, whatever it was. Okay. And uh, so I finally get the car all spray painted. Now it's about uh, almost 2 o'clock in the morning. But I also wanted to add one more touch to it. I had red pinstriping that I had purchased earlier in the afternoon on Wednesday from Montgomery Wards, which was right up the street. Plus, I bought a set of chrome aftermarket side sport mirrors. I wanted to put those on. But I couldn't do it because the car was still kind of tacky. But the nice thing about flat black is flat black dries. Now, it had rained Saturday afternoon, Sunday just a little bit. So the rest of the evening it was kind of... Okay, so, you know, the, once the humidity dissipates and everything like that, so, so it's starting to dry out a little bit. So now here it is, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm mounting these lights, these uh, mirrors to the side doors, and I got those on there, and now I'm looking at the spool of uh, red pinstripe, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to do this. So I very carefully, there's, a, there's, there's like a body line on there, so I run the full length of the car up to the front molding on the fenders with red pinstripe. And I said, that looks pretty cool, but the problem is I got a fin on there with a cove, and I thought, hmm... So then I ran the pinstripe down the fin and kind of intersected just behind the door. I thought, wow, that looks cool. So now we're getting into almost 3 o'clock in the morning, and i got to be up in a couple hours. So actually what you do is you go to bed, crash for a little bit. But I couldn't sleep because I was so excited. I couldn't wait to get to school the next day. So sure enough, fire that baby up, and I'm thumping that thing on the way to school. And I come rolling around Hercules Avenue because I went to Clearwater High School. I come rolling around the back parking lot. And, of course, you know, it's it's like a big show. You have to stage. This is like a, a big production. So you wait till there's no cars coming. And what everybody used to do in the morning, you used to park in the back of the last wing. It was called E-Wing. And there was a big parking lot there. And you parked on the right and the left side. And you drove down the center. And they had speed humps, right? So I wanted to make sure there was no cars in there. And I wanted to make sure that when I was thumping down there, that all eyes were on that bird. I didn't care about me. I just wanted the bird to get the attention. And sure enough, it grabbed a lot of attention. And from that moment on, it was labeled the Batmobile. Because it was black with red pinstriping. And that's the first thing that popped into everybody's mind. So that was my first attempt at a custom car or customizing. Pretty cool. I was pretty proud of it. So it was kind of a cool story. Yeah. So anyway, that car's still around to this day. I know where it's at. But anyway, what else we got on the hi-fi? Ah, why don't you tell me right here? Oh, yeah. Have you heard? Yeah, the doors. Have you heard? This could be. Let me think. This one right here is under the waterfall. Under the waterfall. Okay, yeah. Actually, you know, when you first hear that, you think, oh, Michael Jackson. But no, this is before the days of Michael Jackson. Cool song. Oh, yeah. You know what? The songs that we're playing actually are really a lot of their popular songs, but for some reason they didn't get a lot of airplay. These yeah, are like on the, 40, on the 45s or they're yeah. on the backside of the album. So, But we think these songs are cool and they're deserving of some airtime. Absolutely. And you're going to hear it here first on Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
Hey guys, this is Courtney Hansen from Spike TV, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. These are the Thunderbirds, United States Air Force Jet Demonstration Team. Their F-100 Super Sabres are powered by Pratt & Whitney J-57 engines, manufactured by the Ford Aircraft Engine Division. Now, here are three more super performers from Ford. 57 Ford Thunderbird. You're looking at the latest version of the most talked about car ever introduced to the American public. For 57, Ford has shaped the classic Thunderbird profile into a completely fresh, completely distinctive style all its own. New swept back tail fins add elegance to its lower than ever line. And on the practical side, these new dimensions give you more generous luggage room too. It's powered by a big 312 cubic inch V8 engine with twin four barrel carburetors. You'll have to look far to find a performer that can match this one. Hey, this is Adam Ferrar from Top Gear and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Turn it up. All right, we're back, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio on Cars, the only radio show in the Tampa Bay area that brings you some of the most legendary names in motorsports and celebrities from some of the coolest car TV shows on TV. And, hey, we play a lot of cool nostalgic music, movie clips, cartoon clips, car commercials. Since we were talking about 57 Thunderbirds, we just decided to play a 57 car Thunderbird commercial. So what do you think of that? Anyway, let's see. What else we got going? Hey, you know what? There's not a lot of stuff going on here, but, 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 but. In next month, June 1st, Old Town in Orlando there, they're having their anniversary cruise. So you guys might want to check that out. Just go to the website, Old Town, whatever it is, and uh, check out their anniversary cruise. There's going to be a lot of cars, probably five, 600 cars there. Okay. And I think, let's see, what else? In a couple of weeks, um, actually, I think it's May 25th. Corvettes at the Pier. That's down in St. Pete. Pier's down there by you, right there, down off Beach Drive. Yeah. When, okay. when, when is this? May 25th. That's Is that this weekend? Uh, Yeah. It is? Yeah, oh, it okay. has to be, because I, I believe they're shutting the Pier down uh, the week after that. Are they? They're, they're, they're supposed to close it down and get ready to, to demolish, I oh. believe. Well, this might be the last car show down there, so yeah. uh, be sure and check that out. Uh, another show that's coming up July 14th, which is actually kind of cool, and it's up in Mount Dora, and it's called Guitars and Cars, so that's kind of a cool show there. I want to put that on your little calendar. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. The big one, uh, probably here towards the end of the summer, is the Dream Car Weekend in Orlando. That's August 30th through September 2nd. That's going to be held at the Coronado Springs Hotel. That's typically where they always used to have the old record shows we used to go to all the time. But uh, this is a big deal. And I think there's going to be something like a 1,000 cars are anticipating. So they're doing a big plug for this deal. So we may get involved in that somehow. I'm not sure to what extent. But I will definitely keep you guys informed. And, of course, the big, big, big show over the summer, obviously, will be the big Monterey Car Week. That's in uh, Monterey. That's a week-long event. So that starts, I think, around August 12th. i got to double-check my dates on that. But anyway, let's see. Let's go back to some more car stories. I mean, let's see. I just told you about my bird and my driving, my criminal driving record, you know, since I'm such a bad boy. You know, it's funny because back in those days, you couldn't wait to get in the car. You'd drive fast. Today, I drive this big old 
seven thousand pound yeah, excursion, and, you, and you, I like slug. I I noticed that you don't you don't put the pedal to the metal or anything like that. No, well, you know, I had to. Uh, one way to curb your driving habit is to penalize yourself and put yourself in something that's so pathetically slow that no matter what you do, <laughs> it won't get out of its own way. You know, now I can pull like crazy. I can probably pull that oak tree out of the front yard here. You know. And I could pull 10 cars down the road, but uh, not for the life of me could I get out of my own way. That is absolutely terrible. Hey, another car that I'm working on right now, too, and I actually have this car for sale. I've got a 65 Mustang convertible. Yes, a 65 Mustang convertible. I've been working on this car for a couple of years on and off. And it is a factory 299 four-wheel four-speed car. It's uh, also a California-built car. I got this thing for California cars. That's just because uh, I used to live in San Jose when I was a kid, so not too far from the Ford plant. Actually, I should say a long ways away from the Ford plant, but it was in the same city. It was like on the other side of town. But anyway, so, you know, they made Ford's Mustangs in San Jose, California, and they made them in uh, Mutuchen or Mutichen, Mutuchen, Mutuchen, New Jersey. I think that's how you pronounce it. And then, of course, in Detroit. And the California cars are actually the most sought after because those are the cars that were sold basically in the California, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Texas got California built cars. Those are usually the cleanest and rust free cars. This car really does have hardly any rust on it at all. For being a 50 some odd year old car, it's actually a pretty, pretty solid old piece. And, uh, but the car's partially disassembled. I was going to repaint the car. It was originally this hideous, hideous, funny gold with a uh, saddle interior. Um, it doesn't have any specific options. I mean, it's just basically 289 four barrel four speed cars, eight inch rear end, single exhaust, because I've had a dual exhaust to it, manual top, manual steering. Manual windows, of course, that's all you could get in a Mustang prior to 1971, which was the first year for power windows. And uh, so it was. it's kind of a cool car. I'm going to um, doll it up a little bit, put some GT wheels and trim on it, and uh, spiff it up a little bit. But the main thing is it's going to be a good, clean, solid car. It does have the original motor in it. it does have the original four-speed in it. So if anybody's interested in that car, I'm going to put bits and pieces uh, of that on my website so that you guys can follow the uh, production of that car as well. So uh, right now it's over at a friend of mine's shop. I've got most of the mechanical done things done to it. One of the things I did do to it, which is kind of important, is the uh, brakes on those cars. All the 60, 66 and earlier cars had a single reservoir master cylinder. So basically those are single circuits. Anything past 67, mostly domestic now, okay, domestic cars, have a dual circuit system. And what that means basically, without going into a lot of detail, is master cylinder split in two. So the front part of the master cylinder, the larger part of the reservoir, uh, operates the front brakes, and the back part of the reservoir, the small part, operates the rear brakes. And then you have what they call a brake proportioning valve. So what that does is that splits the uh, braking between the front and the rears. Now, the thing about a, a dual circuit system is, is let's say, for example, you lose a wheel cylinder on the rear or you lose a wheel cylinder on the front, you're still going to have brakes because what you have is a split system. Whereas on a single circuit system, if you lose a wheel cylinder, a brake line, or anything of that nature, you lose the entire brakes because all the fluid just goes whoosh out, and that's it. So when you mash the pedal, it goes to the floor, and chances are you're going to find uh, something very, very hard to slow you down or bring you to a complete stop. Uh, it could be a car, could be a curb, could be a tree, could be any number of those things. And uh, so, God forbid, you don't want to have that happen. So I went ahead and had this system changed over to a dual-circuit system just because it makes good sense. The other thing I did, too, is... Um, all the four-speed cars had a tendency to wallow out the uh, shaft uh, bushings for the clutch pedal and the brake pedal. On a 65, 66 Mustang, actually any Mustang, any car, even Camaros, Firebirds, uh, Mopars, it makes no difference. There's a shaft that goes through a clutch, a uh, column bracket or a pedal assembly bracket that sits underneath the steering column under the dash. And they have kind of like these cheesy 
kind of like if you want to call them pop metal bushings, and over time they wallow out. So if you are you know heavy on the brake and heavy on the clutch, and you uh, you know they just tend to wallow out to one side, and the next thing you know you got a lot of slop in there. So it doesn't really uh, um, it just it's just a, it's a rattling noise for one. And the pedals have a tendency to cock to one side. Not that it really impairs the ability to operate the clutch or the brake pedal. It's just that it's annoying. So what I did is I took my assembly apart, pulled it out underneath the dash, welded bearings on each side of it, then put the shafts back on, put the clips back in, rebushed them, and it works like a Porsche. You know, it's a very, very nice, smooth feel to it. So those are the few, the two updates that I did to the car. Um, other than that, like I said, it's bone stock original. I mean, I think it has the original carburetor on it. Uh, change the fuel tank out because you obviously have to do that. Got the original top on it. Well, it may not be the original top. Top was changed at one point in time, but probably before I had the car, and I've had the car 20 years, or on and off. I had it, sold it, had it, sold it, had it, sold it, so now I got it back. And each time I sold it as a project car and then got it back because nobody followed through on it. So this time I will. So that means I have two Mustang projects going on. So anyway, hey, since we're doing this little tribute to Ray Manzarek and the Doors, what else we got uh, spinning around in the... Uh, turntable there we've got the shaman's blues that's actually a cool song i like that or shaman 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 something like that is that something maharashi type uh influence yeah i don't know this is kind of a cool song though this is a little jazzy a little uh i don't know a little bluesy you know it's kind of a cool song i like it there will never be another one like you there will never be another one who can
this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver Adam Carolla telling you I love nostalgic radio and cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And we're just sitting around doing a little tribute show to Ray Manzarek of the Doors, playing some cool Doors music, and I'm telling some stories about my fantastic experiences and wild uh, escapades when I was 16, 17 years old driving around with cars. Actually, you know what? It's funny, because I, I, let's jump forward uh, about 15 years later. Um, talk about, you know, I talk about foreign cars every once in a while, and um, I lived in Europe in the 60s and early 70s, so I still have a lot of contacts and stuff over there. But I used to go over in the early 80s as an interpreter for the Porsche Club. And obviously when I would go over there, I would rent a car. And I've got to tell everybody and anybody, probably one of the coolest things you could possibly do if you can swing it. But if you do get to Europe, you got to drive in the Autobahn. There's nothing like that. I remember those experiences with my dad when I was a kid. And, of course, dad had a big old giant Opal, and it was capable of maybe eh, 120 miles an hour, 115 miles an hour, which, you know, back in those days was, I guess, fast. You know, quick as from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Fast as top speed. Just remember that. That's the difference. So... Anyway, so when I would go over there, I had a lot of friends, and what I would do is I would borrow some of their cars. Well, a friend of mine had a real nice BMW, and he goes, hey, Robert, he says, if you want, you can use my car and, you know, scour the countryside and go wherever. So he turned me loose in this 5 Series BMW. I think it was a 530, so it was probably, a, you know, high-horsepower six-cylinder car. And I got to tell you, you know, driving on the Autobahn is just absolutely amazing. But the European drivers just have a complete different mindset when they're on the road. I mean, complete focus on the cars, respect Operative word of respect for other drivers. I mean, when you're going down the road, it is illegal to lollygag in the left lane. Left lane is for passing or fast drivers only. And that's what they need to do over here. You heard they passed that They passed that law just a couple, uh, I want to say like a week or two ago, that it's now illegal to go slow in the fast lane, that they'll they'll pull you over and give you a ticket. Really? In the state of Florida now. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I'm not aware I, of that. I agree. Yeah, it is a good thing. Well, because here, here's what happens. you got some guy driving down the highway in the left lane, lollygagging with whoever, you know, and he's driving a car probably big and comfy like his front couch, and he's obviously not looking in his rearview mirror, and he's obviously not paying attention. And that's one of my pet peeves. Look in your mirror. You know, you never know who's behind you. And don't try to merge onto the interstate at 45 miles an hour. No, that's a that's an Oh, ab- man, that's an accident waiting to happen. That happens to me almost every day. Somebody in front of me when I'm on the way in here trying to go 40 miles and get on 275. You know, that's a radio show in itself, oh. you know, just to talk about the stupidity of, of, of other drivers. drivers in, around here, yeah. Yeah, you know, we'll have to do that. I actually made some notes. I thought about going into that, but that, uh, uh, that like I said, that's a show in itself. Yeah. We'll have to do that one day. And we'll make, we might make that an open show and let people call and tell us about their stupid experiences with other stupid drivers on the road. You know, when we were a kid, there was a commercial on TV, and it says, watch out for the other guy. Buckle up for safety. Watch out for the other guy. And that's true. When you're going down the road, and I explain this to my son, Watch out for the other guy. You know what you're going to do. You know, you, you just don't know what the other guy's going to do. So anyway, so going down the Autobahn, you know, here I am. I'm clicking along at 230 kilometers, which is 135, 140 miles an hour, maybe something like that. And, uh, you know, I got a guy coming up behind me. I can see him probably 10 car lengths behind me. He's flashing his lights. Now, for those of you that drive European cars, you know that you're on your left, your left stock, your turn single stock moves back and forth. And it's it's what we call a Lichthupe in German, or light horn, okay? So if the flashing, what does that is supposed to indicate to you, to you that somebody's coming up behind you really, really fast, and you best get out of his way. So this is what everybody does. Everybody sees the lights, they move over, the fast car goes blowing right past you, and then you put your turn indicator on, and you move back in the left lane and pass the other cars that are going slower than you are. 
So you rarely ever have any high-speed accidents. I mean, the drivers just understand that. And it doesn't matter whether you're on the highway over there, whether you're on an interstate over there, or whether you're blasting around town. Now, I will say one thing over there. They do have a tendency to drive a little faster than we do and slightly more reckless in town. Um, that has always been a problem because that's been one of my concerns. Matter of fact, a quick story. If we got, what have we got, five minutes left, something like that? Three minutes. I was a little kid, and I was riding my bicycle. And um, this was in Europe, and I think I was, what, oh, ninth grade or something like that. And I went, I was going in this intersection. I was just getting ready to make a turn. And I had a 10-speed Puchbergmeister bicycle. And just as I made the turn, this car comes out of nowhere. It's a little short side street and then a straight street. And then the intersection, and he came out of nowhere, and I had no idea how fast he was going. My guess is probably about 30 miles an hour. He hit the front of my bicycle, but I was perpendicular to him. He hit the wheel. Now, I'm holding onto the handlebars. Now, mind you, he takes my wheel, and you know how you get the shaft where your handlebars, you know, when you crash every once in a while, you grab the front wheel, and you kind of line your, your handlebars up. Okay, so he hits my wheel. It turns perfectly perpendicular to my, or actually parallel to my handlebars. I stood there, didn't move, another inch, I'd have been dead, okay, just missed the forks, because if he'd have caught the forks, he would have collected me, taken me with him, okay, and I'm sitting there, all these people are standing around, I'm not moving, I'm just like frozen in the middle of the street. He goes by two, three car lengths past where the accident happened, gets out of the car, comes back, screams at me, I was in the right away, I was there, and uh, so anyway, I never forgot that, that uh, definitely was a huge eye-opener i had something like that happen on a moped i was i was coming home from school one day on my moped and uh, a woman uh, a middle-aged woman in, in a car uh ran a stop sign and i slammed right into the side of of her car with my moped and put a huge dent in the door it was like the side of my body put a huge dent mm. in the side of her door and she got out and started yelling at me until uh, a couple postal workers had seen the the accident happen and came over and started yelling at her and she got in her car and sped off. Really? Yeah. So uh, were you okay? Yeah, I was fine. I mean, the time that I broke my arm, the guy did the same thing. He 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 was the one who made the improper turn and I had a broken arm and he was yelling at me. It's just how people do it. I guess that's the way it works. Yeah. I remember one time I was going. I was over there too, and it was in the winter time, and I was uh, my dad left early. I was behind him. I rode my bike to school every morning, and uh, I'm coming down the hill. And my dad was at the bottom of the hill already, and he had to stop because it was an intersection slash traffic. And I come up behind him, and I, I normally I take a side street, but this time because my dad was going down the road, I just wanted to kind of, you know, my dad just ride my bicycle beside him, you know, kind of follow him the, through town and then to work. And then I would just branch off to school. Well, I was coming down the road, and it was just chucked full of hard-packed uh, snow plus a little bit of ice, and it was a fairly, fairly steep street. And uh, I hit the brakes. Man, that bike just went, boom, ran in the back of my dad. Flew over the handlebars, wound up on the deck lid, bounced off the back glass. My dad jumps out. He just looks at me. He just shook his head, and he goes, kid. I said, dad. He said, now you know better. You know, it's it's icy. It's slippery out here. And he says, why are you following me in the first place? You normally go two blocks over because it's a shortcut to your school. What are you doing? He says, I said, dad, you know, can't explain it. Long story. But anyway. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We've got a few seconds left, so what I'm going to do is tell everybody, be sure and check out our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com. Like us on Facebook. If you need any PPIs or appraisals or inspections or parts or whatever, contact us through our website, GolfStreetMotorsports.com, and I'll be glad to get back in touch with you. Next week, will we be... There we go again. Next week, we will be back at our regular time, 7 o'clock Wednesday evening, Okay, and we should have a very exciting guest for you. Okay, today I just decided to just kind of talk, play some cool music, 
and hang out with my buddy Cedric. Yeah, it was fun. All right. I like it. Yeah. What song you got on the turntable? This is when the music's over. When the music's very over. Very apropos. This is very apropos for our friend. Our, uh, well, he wasn't really our friend, but uh, for Ray Manzarek. He could have been. He could have been. Yeah, I would have loved to have him on the show as a guest. That would have been kind of cool. We could have talked about the Blue Lady and yeah. the Doors. Super. All right, everybody. Next week. Turn up the lights. Turn up the WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.